We're back. It's been. It's been more than three one, weeks. One week. It's been <laughs> three weeks since we got together. Um, I got Jimmy. I got a special guest, Mark Durbin. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I've got Scott. Hello. Not just virtual Scott, but Hello real Scott. There. Yeah. We've <laughs> got Joe. We've got Joe. Oh. Joe. Oh Dude. no. How's everybody doing? I got a little news. We were down in Miami. I wish Joe. I'll wait for Joe to get here to talk about Miami because our first night, how wonderful it was. Um, what's everybody been up to? Mark, you just got done performing Dracula for the thirtieth year. No, not the thirtieth year. Probably about the twentieth year. Yeah, I kind of I played a, a a drunk butler, very old, who's blind or almost. So when I started doing that, Another I would like, reach. yeah, I would <laughs> spray uh, my hair with all this kind of makeup, you know. Now, all these years later, I didn't have to use any makeup. <laughs> it's all white. Yeah. So Noah's Blast, the venue down there at the Trumpet and the Land Amphitheater in New Philly, it's just, it, it's very conducive to uh, Dracula, and it was a lot of fun. So so if you do it for that many years, you don't get bored? Is it? You know, what What do you do to keep it fresh? No, actually, it's like somebody was asking, okay, so all that stuff you do, is it all written in the script? I'm like, no, most of it isn't. They're just, like the scene says, you know, the butler says something to the master of the house and then he walks out. Well, I walk out and I'll like hit my head on the doorway, you know, pratfall, and the kids in the audience, everybody loves it. So, of course, that's like, you know, waving... A red flag in front of a bull. So I, I just look for for little moments like that, and little by little, you just do shtick, and it's it's fun. You know, it's like comic relief. Cool, cool, yeah. For for me, like filming, like after like they had me do a take three or four times, I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. And and they always, luckily, in the last two or three things I've done, they've been like, do it this way, and then you know what, do it however you want, which is what I like. <laughs> But but before that, a lot of it's been like, do it the exact same way again. Do it the exact same way again. It's just like, we just want coverage. And I'm like, Sometimes that's hard to do, to yeah. do it exactly the same way. I know? mean, I liken it to being in a really popular rock band that has lots of hits and they have to play them all the time. That's pretty much how it is in my life. <laughs> do you do any of the summer... Um engagements that are down there? Actually, I, I'm, I'm on the board down there. When I... In Congratulations college. on your success. <laughs> yeah. um, when I was in college, I needed to do an internship for public relations at Kent State. And I also was interested in theater. So I got a list of stuff of possibilities of, of places that we're looking for. So I applied down there and I went down there and I just fell in love and they fell in love with me. And this was back in 1982 and I've been involved ever since. So a lot of my good friends are down there. I've, I've been in a number of other shows. We did the uh, Sondheim show Assassins as well, that I got to be in that, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but it's a great show. The songs are phenomenal, and, and the storyline is is pretty good too. Um, it, that it, it doesn't take a genius to be somebody who can like kill a president. Most of the time, it's just some total amateur. Somebody just walked up and boom, did it. So. Um, but not everybody wants to see a musical about that. So, but the the songs are great. They did uh, Fiddler on the Roof over the course of the summer. They've done any number of other shows. So it's just a great venue. And being a theater person, you know, I just 
have loved giving back to it, you know, and then being a PR person, I've helped do PR for that. And uh, I don't know, it's just been a part of my life that I can't believe I've been involved going on 40 years now. Well, I guess as a child, my introduction to live theater was there as going and seeing the whatever the core show is. I don't even remember what well, the it's, name of it it's is. It's the, the outdoor show, The <clears throat> Trumpet of the Land. Yeah, tells the, the story yeah. of Ohio's history. You probably saw the <clears throat> Indians. So seeing them come yeah. through, the, oh, yeah, yeah. through the audience, yep. and it was just, it's something that I'd like to take my son to. And then I saw that there were more uh, uh, things that they had there mm-hmm. that I had no idea about. So my sister lives in Carrollton, oh, yeah, and I used yeah. to go down to New Philly for work. So it was something that I always would see the signs for, and like, Man, I need to just take like a weekend and like plan to come down There's, here. It's 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 great, and they it, it's kind of right up the uh, up the hill from where there's an airport down there. The uh, Harry Cleaver Field actually that's where John Glenn back in the day learned how to fly and all that. Well, they have a brewery down there that they put right next to the airport. Okay, now, um, now I'm listening. And that's the same I, 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 have, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Gone to it yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. So there's a lot of good stuff down in Tuscarawas County. Everybody says, oh, it's so far. Yeah, meth. There's a lot of meth down there. That's what I was saying about the airport. That's what I'm like. They're just shipping it right out. Hour 20 minutes. That's about it. So, okay, you know, more yeah. can you ask for? Theater and meth. Yeah. Yeah. At the I wouldn't same know time. about the meth. I can tell you about the theater. But, See, I think I would watch actors on meth do... Uh, Engagements, but I don't know if I would want to be on meth and just watch actors act. Uh, I would be, you'd be too antsy. Uh, so true. I wouldn't know. Well, yeah, you would be. <laughs> meth and theater. Wow, I don't, I've never been asked that before, but yeah, <laughs> it wasn't in the same time. I, I mean, what you get with the per I've seen, <laughs> I've, I've seen actors drink before theater. Yeah, well, that's a sure. that's a downer, not an upper. See, I guess yeah. that's the thing is, so how. You listen to the pod a time and a half or two times. That would be what <laughs> acting would be like, basically. It'd be, yeah. Yeah. So you're not even that as a question. <laughs> um, Lots of grinding teeth. <laughs> so, Shimmy, you're about 10 days out from your 100-mile race. Yeah, How are you feeling? We don't have to talk about this. I, I really like to know. <clears throat> Good. You look, you look like you've lost weight, just so you know. So since July, well, since let's say since August, I've lost twenty five pounds. Good job! Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, they'll help in the race when you when you still don't finish because there's a mountain you might fall off of. Uh, well, yeah, no. So that's it's in the in my training. It's funny. I signed up for a vertical challenge for the month of October, uh-huh. so it's fallen in line perfect with my training. Um, so last my I do bulk week, low week, bulk week. That's how I train. So my last bulk week was supposed to be eighty miles. I only did seventy Slackers. or like sixty five. Yeah. Slacker. But I did almost sixteen thousand feet of climb in that. In did that you do week. it? Did you do it on trail leave, trail color covered leaves? Yeah, you know, I mean everywhere ha- yeah. has done nothing but drop that, leaves. That was that was my big issue with it was just not knowing where to put my feet. And doing technical trails, so I'm doing yeah. nothing. So you know, and everybody's probably tuning out now, bonus level climb out of Red Lock. It's just basically a janky Wait, trail. Wait, I'll get back in. Boobs. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> where so, are you running from where to where? What's the, the, the race? So it's or? an out and back in uh, Oak Hill, West Virginia. Oh, okay. So it's like an out and then an out and a back and then out and yeah. then a back. And it's not a straight shot there, so I no. assume up and yeah. down. It's really technical. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of single tracks or a lot of people coming at you this way and not a lot of room to get around. Um, 
the, my big issue when I tried it last year was it just everything's covered in leaves and you could take a step and it'd be fine. And then you take another step and your foot would go down like a foot oh, and yeah. you'd sink into something you didn't see. So then you were, so after a while I was just like, well, I don't want to run this because I don't know if I'm going to step forward and crack my ankle open. So that, that was the big problem I had. But, uh, Scott, are you one of those long distance racers too? The longest I've done is 50K. So. Oh, only 50K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm barely oh, able man. to claim Ultra. Well, but you can claim it. Yeah, yeah you can. You yeah. just don't get a buckle. No. Yeah, you, you made you made it past 26.2. You're officially yeah. Ultra Runner. Yeah, so I, tra- I have a training partner, so mm-hmm. she got sucked into all this vertical climb training that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. So she, it was a two, it's a two-person team for this, this uh, month of October that we're doing this uh, thing. So she's been sucked into this. She has a 60K Saturday. So it worked out really well that basically she tapers this week and will get 8,000 feet of climb on Saturday. So that kind of buffers what she's not getting this week. And this weekend I can go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, super heavy and try to get 10 or 12,000 feet in those three days of climbing so we can get second place because the team that's winning this contest has almost a hundred thousand feet of climb. They walk out their door. They did a five k and had like almost four thousand feet of climb. Pretty Holy nice. cow! Where, <laughs> where are they located? No clue. We no. they won't tell us until the end. I asked the guy. I said I want to know who's first place, and I want to know who the third and fourth place team are because for a while third and fourth place jockeyed back and forth like side by side, and then the team that's in third is like real close to us now. Um, so we'll see what happens. I've been watching your Strava stuff and it looks just yeah, very stupid. unpleasant. Yeah. yeah. Like just yeah. run ski hills, you know, down yeah. in the valley and stuff. Mine's been a mile every day, mile or two yeah. <laughs> with the dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what it Snow is. Time. Like I'm going into this hundred and then if you think about it, so this hundred has 12,000 feet of climb. Mm-hmm. Orcas at the end of January has almost, it has over 8,000 feet and that's a 50 K. Yeah. So like I have to, I had to build this base regardless and then I have to maintain it into January. And then by the end of January, vertical mile is like middle February. So I'm just going to keep that base and go into that. And I'm going to try to place in that race. Cause I've done really, really well the past couple of years when I've run there. Um, so we'll see. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where's, I mean, I'm single and, <laughs> single and have my kid and just the running is keeping me. Um, you know, I had that that mental snap uh-huh. from running and yeah. kind of pulled myself out of it through just focusing on this now. Yeah. I, my, my desire to run races is at zero. Um, I mean, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do Canal Corridor. Oh, my stomach hurts and my back hurts a little. I'm not going to do it. Oh, uh, I was thinking about run, running with scissors. Eh, mm. I don't know. I don't really want to put on a costume. And right. <laughs> so, I like to hike. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rinder River is... I, I, I didn't like to run when I was an athlete in high school, <laughs> and, I, and I hasn't gotten any better, but... Well, I told I like him last hike. year yeah. when I went down there, this is... Rinder River was a bucket list race for okay. me prior to me knowing he was running it, and then... Before he asked me, obviously, to go down there. So that was part of the reason why I jumped on going down there last year was because I wanted to see what the course is like. I wanted to see how the area was because I knew that it was more than likely going to be a kid weekend and I was going to want to have to bring my kid down again. I wasn't going to try to logistically figure out how to 
get him a babysitter and choose from his mom and all that now, bullshit. So. When they have these races, <clears throat> is it hundreds of people or like thousands of people coming in? Uh, running just, uh, I think it's yeah. capped at 170 <laughs> yeah. okay. for runners. runners. And uh, yeah, I mean, people are there because it's right at uh, like a, uh, not a resort, but a, uh, you know, it is though. It's a it's resort. A resort. It's, an, it's an outdoor resort. Well, outdoor camp, resort. They camp cabins, and yeah. yeah, kayaking. Mm-hmm. You know, climbing that sort of stuff. So there's people there spectating, but not like, a. Like, go watch the crazy people. Most, well, most, of them, most of them have a runner in the race. Okay. You know. So think about this. I have ten people with me for yeah. my crew and family. Okay. So out of that, let's say six of them are crew. So six of them. Every runner has six people, and let's say even at 150, you know, what are you looking at? That's, you know... Okay, so it's... Over a 1,000 people. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to me, it's one of those races, like, if I went back, I would know what I did wrong to finish. My my problem was I was was running out of uh, time, so I was starting to... You have to hit cutoffs at certain mileage points, and I was starting to calculate in my head, like... Okay, I can probably. I was at mile what sixty three, mm-hmm. and I was like, I think the next aid station was in the seventy somewhere, and I was 80. like, hey, it was eighty. So I, okay, I can run another seventeen miles, but I'm probably going to get to mile eighty, <clears throat> and they're going to say you can't go on because you missed the cutoff. And I was like, well, fuck that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, why do I want to put another seventeen miles on me? And uh, I think if I had known better, I would have. There were there were clear spots, and there was like some road. A little bit. And there were some clear areas on the trails. I would have booked those areas Mm -hmm. knowing what I know. And then when I needed to take my time, I would have. But I took my time in a lot of areas I should have been focused on running. Because even like a mile 50, I was still running when I hit that road. Going down that hill, I was still clocking like a nine-minute mile. But then I went back out with him, and it was just like, it just sucked. Yeah, that rail trail and then the climb up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it just wasn't what I was expecting. So I did Oil Creek last year, and I DNF'd at 100K because I was doing the same thing, chasing cutoffs. The eight runners that I saw come in after me, they were 100 milers, all DNF'd as well because I kept track. I knew a few of them, and then I kept track of the numbers. So um, that's the kind of thing that you experience as a runner. Go, okay, what did I do wrong, and what can I do different? So similar kind of... I think it's going to be a similar kind of race where there's a mm-hmm. lot of that flat. There's the rail trail, whether it's paved or whether it's you know that cinder. So I'll know how to manage that. Um, and that's something last year that I didn't do that I'll know this year. Mm-hmm. And then after, especially talking to him and knowing how the course was, that I'll I have in my back pocket. Plus, I've trained a little bit that way, like doing a shit ton of these stupid hill repeats and then going and running the towpath take it to another stupid hill repeat and doing a bunch of those stupid hill repeats and then trying to find a flat or a runnable trail to be able to get that. It teaches your body how to flush lactic acid and be able to like to use the different muscle groups and build them up for that repeated activity. So if they, if, if you're going along and there are people that basically tell you, Hey, you didn't hit a, a certain time marker. Yeah, so you can't in, go on. So it's in the, it's in the book. Like they give you the race yeah. No. But, but you know, runner's etiquette is something that I would pay attention to on this one because uh, a lot of single trail means that people are coming in both directions. And the rule is, if someone's ahead of you, you should pull aside and let them pass. Yeah. And that wasn't going on. <laughs> yeah. So I was pulling over for people that should have been pulling over for me. But okay. it, I mean, you literally, I mean, you could step off and hurt yourself. So Joe. Oh, it's Joe. 
See, and I'm, I'm a jerk, and I will make people call out a pass, or if they want to pass me that bad, yeah. they can go around me and hurt themselves. I'm not going to. Yeah. So they and I will ring like on a towpath. No, <laughs> and I will, and I will make sure I make a comment to them about using their trail manners when they go by, especially if they don't. I because that's something that like it's the safety of everybody. It's yeah. not just it's the people were not behaving. Yeah. Trail um, manners. But anyways, now Joe's here so we can talk about Miami. Well, Ooh. before we move oh, yeah, I'm going to finally speak. Scott, so, when I raced, welcome to Scott. Yeah. <laughs> welcome so, to Scott Talk. Speaking of um, you know, trail etiquette, when I raced motorcycles, it was um, you know, noisy engines and everything. It was on trail. And uh, we, we'd come up behind somebody if we wanted around them. We'd just scream trail as loud as we could. It would like They wouldn't even know anyone was behind them necessarily. Sometimes it would scare them off the trail. But... Uh, <laughs> That was. They go flying off. Oh yeah, I mean, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, you'd see them jump visibly and stuff, but uh, that was pretty funny. Um, and then the other thing you were talking about crewing. So um, this guy at work, he ran the Canal Corridor 100. Yeah. Am I too loud for you, Joe? His head. His head <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Uh, okay. We we, yeah, we were, already did this before you got here. Yeah. yeah. So um, he. Hi everybody. Hi Joe. Hi Joe. It's Hi, his first Joe. time ever trying to run anything longer than a 50k, and so. Uh, and um, so at 50 miles, he's like, you know, F it, I'm done. It was cold, it was rainy, and it was getting dark. And so he's like, I, I want to quit. And he um, he's at one of the aid stations, a 50-mile aid station. And there were some people there kind of packing up their stuff and getting ready to leave, like some crew people. And he goes over to him. He's like, hey, can I get a ride you know, back to the, the brewery where it started? And the dude's like, you want to quit? He's like, yeah, I, I'm, you're hurting. I want to quit. No. We're not giving you a ride. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and he was like, uh, Chris, the guy I was talking about, he was like offended by it. I'm like, no, no, he's he's like an experienced crew person. He's done the death pact. So like, yeah, he yeah. wasn't going to let you out easy. Yeah. But he did convince the guy to give him a ride. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. But he had to sell it. Like the guy wasn't going to give in easy. Death pact? Well, yeah. hold on a second. If he was at 50, he was Unless close. you're bleeding. <laughs> He or you broke a bone, you should not stop. Ah, okay. He could have just walked there. He was hurting so bad, yeah. No, he... That bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, Andy and I got in a fight one night almost. Like We were helping a friend, and um, we had to lower this guy down into his chair, and he was cramping real bad and stuff. I mean, he was like mile 90 or something of, of the Burning River. And um, I had just taken like wilderness first aid train. And I'm like, God, this guy's electrolytes are all out of balance. He's going to go into cardiac arrest. He's going to die, you know? And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, and and I'm like, we got to let him stop. And he's like, no, no, it, he, he's fine. He's, you know, and he like pushes him out of the pits. He's like, you got to go get it, get out of here. And then he did collapse like what, three miles later or something. Do, do I know this person? <laughs> yeah. You were with this have, person. Have I, been, have, I, have I been with this person a few times? You called so, us to tell us to call his wife at yeah. three in the morning. So, so another time, yeah, his wife was so pissed at me. Oh my God. Because she called and she's like, How's this person doing? And I'm like, Well, he's going to finish. And she's like, What? And I'm like, well, you know, he's having some problems, but he's out there. And he's, but it's okay. I made him go back out there. And then she, she got mad at me. She's like, I'm coming to get him. And I'm like, I, I, I said, I'm not telling him to stop. Sorry. And and Jimmy and I had uh, crewed him at another race. And uh, and he fell apart. He fell, he fell apart. I mean, like really bad. And I was like, you know, he's got to go on. He's got to go on. And Jimmy's like comes in with him and he's like there's no effing way he's going back out there and i'm like no he's going he's going and fi finally it was apparent he wasn't going and then he informed us 
oh, by the way, uh, he got some sort of shot from malaria the day yeah, he before. Had, he was going to Costa Rica. He was going to Costa he Rica. His, his so shots. one of the symptoms of this shot was, of course, to mimic getting malaria so he was like feeling like shit but we're like you should have told us that before so you know i wouldn't have been so adamant about trying to get you back out on the race if i if i had known that fact so yeah it was bad it was bad and then uh but then our other friend was hobbling at like what two miles an hour same race or no a year later a year after i did it again yeah Uh, last year so uh and and he he's like a really good ultra runner, and he's he, uh, he's placed he'd won a hundred miler a couple weeks yeah, before. He had won, okay. and uh, he's done a two hundred miler this year. <clears throat> he was he fell apart, and I would have told him it was okay to stop because he's done he'd done this race mm-hmm. before. He's a good runner. He's just having an off day, but his wife is pretty not happy with the whole running thing. So I said, "You can stop, but just know if you don't finish this race." Your wife is going to use that anytime you enter a race against you. And so he picked up like a walking stick. No, and, I went and got it. I went out in the woods and got oh, him a couple you? walking sticks. And he, <laughs> he we hobbled were, like the last 10 miles doing two miles an hour. Oh, right? it was terrible. It was, like it's, Scott it was, had to go with him. I was like, I'm, thank God it wasn't me. I was with him. So it's tw- racing and marriage therapy too. Oh, yeah. it's, yeah. And it was great to watch him because he has a great attitude no matter what. And even like, you know, he's hobbling along and he just keeps laughing. He's like, <laughs> I can't believe I can't run. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He was stepping down these little like four inch steps and he, he was like, he looks like a 90 year old. He could just barely move. And uh, I'm like, you need some hiking poles. And so I went out and found some for him. Oh my God. And then as we got into And so that was like at two in the morning or something. And I was with him for about five hours and 25 miles. And uh, we got into Akron and people were making fun of his sticks. And he was, oh, are those the latest black diamond hiking poles? You know? <laughs> We finally threw him in somebody's yard just before the finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, now I don't feel so bad really giving him shit when he was coming through slow as hell last year. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel nearly as bad. Yeah, he was rough. I, it, it was like 4.30 in the morning, and he's like, we're just barely moving. I'm like, dude, you got to kick it up, or you're not, you're not going to finish in time. You know, He was going to time out. and Because uh, we were doing like 30-minute miles or something at that point. Yeah, you were. Two miles an hour. Yeah, it was I, terrible. I... It, uh, I would have been going insane myself, but yeah, we did it for him. So that's what your crew and pace does. It, you know, they get you nutrition, they take care of you, okay. keep you moving. I lie to you. I'm always bad. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. These two got me my 70 mile finish by lying to me and just pushing me yep. and just like not letting. There's dragging me along, and it's like my so psychosis of wanting to keep up with them and follow them, and they just pulled my ass along the whole time. Yeah, there's there's a there's definitely some psychology to it, and there was definitely Joe and I strategizing, knowing how he was doing during the race. Like, how are we going to handle him when he does this? How are we going to do that? And then, yeah, I had him for the last stretch, and I just I knew he he was didn't want to be by himself, like. And by I, he didn't want to talk to me, but he didn't yeah. want to be by himself either, right? Correct. In the middle of the woods, because there <laughs> right. aren't a lot of people around you, there aren't a lot of runners. So I just refused to stop, mm-hmm. and I just kept going. And yeah. then I was timing him, so I knew like it's like a seventy mile race, and I knew around mile sixty six he had a buffer. So then I was like, okay, I can relax. But I made sure like he had enough room before I would like let off, and then. Uh, he failed on doing it with me last year because I was just like stubborn as fuck. Yeah, I was just like, 
you know, because in the past I've done races where I haven't calculated things correctly. So it's like, I think I'm not going to finish, but I am. And one time my wife may have said, yes, you're right, even though she was wrong. <laughs> but other times, you know, but but for that race, I was like, listen, I've done the math in my head. This yeah. is not looking great. And uh -huh. I, and he was like, we're going to keep going. And I'm like, yeah, but there's no reason to. And, you know, he was like, well, let's just see how things play out. <laughs> we come into the aid station and I look right at the guy at the aid station. I go, I'm dropping. <laughs> and then he turned around like, what? <laughs> and, and there were other people already there like who had dropped. And I was like, yeah. I looked around. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. The thing about it is you have to be a fantastic liar. <laughs> if you're going to be a crew because you, you need to look somebody dead in the eye. And I've done it a hundred times. You know, I remember Andy was running a race and we had to drive down this really steep valley to, to get his aid station, right? Which he had to run up when he left this aid station. Okay. So we get down to this aid station, he sits down, he's like, so how's the road out of here? And I was like, not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> is this the last hill? This is the last hill you have. You know, totally lying to him. I remember texting you guys afterwards. I'm like, am I going the right way? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. But then the thing about it is, like, by the time they get to the next aid station, they either... They're so miserable, like they've probably forgotten you lied to them. So because they ask you the same thing. Is this about the last big hill? Yep. <laughs> How's my feet look? Your feet look great. Is there a blister down there? Feels like a nope. No blister. Yeah. I when I've when I've worked in aid station, I, I I'm the worst because people would come in. I remember one year at Burning River. They'll do I want a chair? I, I, I would, chair? No. I would not <laughs> yeah, let yeah. anybody quit at my aid station. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was a lot of that. There was like, can I just sit down for a minute? No, we don't have any chairs for you. <laughs> and it was like, I think I'm done. It was like, no, you're not done here. You can't get picked up here. That's a good not one to use. Yeah. Well, no, you can say there's no crew access. You can't get picked yeah. up. You got to go to the next oh. one. Make them go to another one. Yeah. Even if it is crew access, because their mind is probably so twisted, they don't even know or remember. Yeah. I'm a good liar, and uh, I'm also, I have no sympathy. Yeah, there's a lot of tough love out there. Yeah. And there's other people who will give you it, but not me, because... <laughs> That first time I attempted 100, uh, the aid station captain, who I loved to death and was always really nice, doesn't live here anymore, but I came in and said, I'm I'm dropping. And she said, okay. And it, uh, my whole attitude may have been different if she had Was been it at the covered bridge? Yeah. Because it's probably the same one that told me, okay, that's fine. And I had another person come in and say, you can keep going, but you're going to not hit a single aid station that's open after this. And I was like... Okay, uh, well, I guess I'll drop. I don't know if she was still around when you did it. Mm -hmm. HF? Oh, no. No, this was this was 2012. Gotcha. Okay, no. And uh, different a woman. And I only had. I only had no woman. I only had 14 miles to go. Yeah. And I had plenty of time. But is this uh, like the towpath in in the valley? It was covered bridge uh, over in the peninsula. Mm -hmm. So uh, you ran the road past Hill Farm. Yeah, and then from okay. there was most most of the end of it was towpath. It was easy, mm -hmm. but I made a calculation, and Adrian said, "Yeah, you're right," and that was not true. Um, I had, I think, eight hours to go 14 miles. Could have totally done it. And uh, and be, between that and the aid station captain being like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So follow up to that. The last time he ran Burning River, we were at, he and I had been together for 20 miles or something. And it poured down rain for 
like two hours solid and everything was muddy. I was having to like kind of help him up some of the hills and stuff because I was wearing trail shoes and he was wearing road shoes. I was too stubborn to change my shoes. Yeah, so I was actually having to like be his anchor while he'd pull himself up these hills and stuff. So then we get to the aid station. He's like, that's it, I'm quitting, you know, and and, uh, we're all like, whoa, you know, like we didn't expect that. And then he's like, yeah, there's this mountain out there I almost fell off of and all this, he's making up, like, what mountain? And, and Adrian's standing there and she's like, well, I don't know who you're riding home with because it sure as hell ain't me. Yeah, she had learned her lesson. <laughs> and then, uh, so then Jonathan had to take me the rest of the way and uh, and he had said to us before we left, he's like, it's really easy from here. It's, you know, there's not going to be a lot of mud and this and that. And of course, we get it like a mile out. And it's just more muddy hills. And I'm like, Jonathan, you're a fucking asshole. And I'm just, I'm ranting and raving at him. Like, no, tomorrow. I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> and I had been doing great up until the rain. I mean, I felt great. And then. Well, it rained on you earlier that day, though. You were chafed from. Uh... Yeah, but I didn't feel bad. Yeah. I mean, I because I, I could still grip stuff. It was, it was the. Not being able to like get my grip, which was my own fault because I was like, I don't need trail shoes and I'm comfortable. <laughs> By the end, my, my feet were just totally shot. Yeah. So going back to the, I, all two of the three people that I've had pacing me, I don't, I've run with the one woman enough, uh, the guy I've never run with. So, um, the, there's a woman that's going to run with me for nine miles and then that big stretch in the middle till 80 I've got a guy, it's my friend's husband, so he's an ultra runner, um, so I don't have any issues. I don't think he'll have, there'll be any issues with him, but like I've never run with him, so it'll be nice to be able to just be like... So is he running the whole race, or he just comes in and does He's just going to come do a like section. A, he's going to do... It's like a pace. So it'll be you. like, she'll do um like nine, I think it's like 9.8 miles, and then he'll do 20, it's like 21 or 22 miles, mm-hmm. and then she'll do the 12 miles... To get us to get me to like on the property, mm-hmm. there's a place called Contra, Contra Ridge, yeah. which is on their property. Mm-hmm. So you can pick up a, um, a pacer there. So the woman that I train with, my trail wife, I'll pick her up there and we'll finish it. And that's like what, six and a half <clears throat> miles? To uh, the it's, end? it's seven and a half. Yeah, now. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So good tales. So Joe. Myself and Scott and our wives went down to Miami last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian, South Beach, baby. Yes, yeah, we were. Adrian was, had some You're keys. That's amazing. And Adrian was speaking, so they they came down, uh, and uh, so we're on Spirit, and of course our flight's delayed going down, and we're supposed to leave at four. And we don't leave till nine. Aye, aye, aye. Nine, it was five forty originally. We left at eight forty. Okay. So we get in uh, at like 11, right? Yeah. Uh, the, our car rental place is closed, so we can't get our car. Um, Adrian's calling ahead to the Airbnb guy who says, don't worry, I'll let you in when you get here. <laughs> um, so we get there around 1220. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was late. Airbnb guy's not answering. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And it's really nice. It's a really nice like condo complex right on the beach. Uh-huh. Uh, you got a ring to get in, you know. And so we're sitting out there and Adrian's trying to find a place to park because now we can't get into our parking spot because it's locked for the night. And so we finally get in. The guy wakes up and I haven't eaten all day because I don't like to eat or drink before I go on a plane. It just upsets my stomach. So now it's like one o'clock in the morning. So we're like. All right, there's a there's a restaurant bar right next to the hotel. So we're like, great, get our stuff up, 
go down there. They're like, sorry, we're closing. Which I wasn't mad because it was late. The, the waitress was really nice. Oh, yeah. And then she, so we're like, is there a place we can get food or something to drink? And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, so right around the corner is this, the, one of the oldest dive bars in South Beach or whatever. It, you know, they don't have food, but they have drinks. And, you know, it's got a reputation, blah, blah, blah. And we have Dominic with us, so he's always wants to eat. So they're like, there's second place, like a little past that. They have drinks and they also have food. Ah, so we're like, okay. great. And and they and she says they have great Philly cheesesteaks. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> Not in Miami, no. So we go to this place and Joe goes and orders some drinks and he gets a Philly cheesesteak and this girl starts talking to him. And meanwhile, the wives and Dominic are sitting in a corner somewhere and it's a divey place. I mean. It's, it was sketchy. It's sketchy. Like you could tell there was drug activity outside and, you know, everybody's smoking and people are wasted. And, and you didn't know when someone walked up to you if they were going to punch you or say hi to you. And so then this girl starts talking to Joe and then she starts talking to me and she's talking about the Philly cheesesteak. So <laughs> she's just like, it really is good. It's like she's like, I'm from New York and these are pretty good cheesesteaks. And uh, we're like, and they ask if we want whiz on them. I'm like, oh, okay, cheese whiz. They, they, they must know what they're doing because they don't usually do that. But, anyways, we go back to the wives and my wife's like, is that girl hitting on you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. She, is, she said she likes to get whiz all over it. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, really? And then we're making up this whole story. And then I'm finally like, no, she was just talking about a fucking cheesesteak <laughs> agent, for Christ's sakes. But then, was it the next day? We were out, or we were, Joe, no, two days later, Joe, myself, and Dominic wanted to go to a brewery. And we got to the brewery, and oh. it wasn't open. Oh, my God. So we were it's like, an epidemic. So we go down to this uh, bar, and there's an... A girl, uh, the bartender's from New York. She's a New Yorker for sure. And she, is that who told us about the bars? Or was it before then? Yeah, no, she told oh, us. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, that bar's shady as fuck. Yeah. And she's like, uh, it's just prostitutes, <laughs> drug dealers, and yeah. bad activity. And we're like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, that all makes sense. Yeah. But, she, uh, she probably had some great stories. So she was 40-some years old. She looked good. Looked, still looked really good. Um, she looked like Felissa Rhodes to me, like a like a younger Felissa Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. But she always had. She kept. She would always have stories. She was like, "Oh, when I worked um, <laughs> right above the Playboy, uh, she worked in Vegas, uh -huh. and she worked, you know, some casinos, and she worked at the play the floor above the Playboy Club or something like that. And I don't know." Um, and then she lived in Hollywood, and like she was talking about these people. It wasn't really name dropping, you know. Uh -huh. what I mean? Just you could tell she probably had some awesome stories. But she um, did say, "Yeah, when I used to take care of David Spade." Oh yeah. And we were like, "Take care of David Spade? <laughs> what does she mean by that? I mean, babysitter? Yeah, she didn't elaborate take on that. Care of him or what? Those were her exact words. Yeah, take care of. So that was fun, and we we ended up did go to another brewery that was like a. It was like a, a heavy on Belgian beers, and we were like, "The place had been open since '95." Yeah, it's like whoa, and they were, it was just this little hole in the wall, like you know, little stained glass stuff. It's fantastic, and dark as hell, and yeah, that was fun. They had triples and quads, and yeah. I had four questions. Yeah, did you eat a Cuban? Yeah. Oh no. well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, coming a, from you, need to be specific. A or B? No. <laughs> 
but we did have Cuban food. I had uh, a ton of Cuban. That's all bad. Yeah, we had great Cuban, Cuban food. Because I mean, you led with getting a goddamn Philly cheesesteak in <laughs> yeah. fucking Miami. Like you're, I don't know. If you guys were like, listen, we found the nearest Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that would always be my mom. My mom would be like, we'd go on vacation. She'd be like, oh my god, Applebee's. We have to go there and and see how it differs from our Applebee's. Um, you you basically walked out of our condo and there was just Cuban food everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we were right on the beach. Yeah, so like we ate at the the Carlisle, you know, where they filmed the uh, the birdcage. Yeah. So we, we oh, ate there. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Um, <laughs> oh, and so what was the best thing you had then? Room. Uh, Adrian and I got like a like a, and I think you guys got it too. It was sort of like just a sampler of different Cuban foods. Yeah. Like they had plantains, and you had uh, the pork, and a little bit beef of chicken, and, chicken. and lime, and yeah, it was good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, same. No, yeah, there's uh, Havana 1957 was the restaurant. Yeah, our um, our waiter actually actually from Cuba. Use code get blindsided for twenty percent off your uh, meal at Havana 1957. <laughs> but he, he was a doctor in uh, Cuba and he came up here for love or something. And yeah. Then um, they're divorced now, sadly. But yeah, isn't that how the cameraman? And she took and the dog, I think. Cameraman and the, the dog stayed at, in ba- back in Cuba, right? Oh, the dude. dog's communist. Now, yeah. is he still a doctor or is he? Uh, so he's, he's in nursing school right now. He's working on his ah, master's okay. in nursing and then he's going to become a nurse practitioner. Yeah. He said the, the content is okay. You know, that's easy for him. The language is what's mm, tough. Yeah. You know, all the terms are in different language. And we did reach out to Christian. He used to be our podcast uh, guy at Pod Populi yeah. and he's down there in Boca now. Okay. And we were like, come out to dinner with us. And at first he was like, yeah. And then I said, well, here's where we are. And he's like, that's an hour away. I'm like, dude, you're getting a free meal. Come out. Yeah. But he didn't. And we had Cuban coffee. Yeah. yeah which was really good. Cordatita. Cuban cigar. Okay, that was in my third question was cigars. Dominic cigars. also had a cigar with <laughs> yeah. Joe. Yeah. Uh-huh. How'd that go? You're laughing. Oh, he loved it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Best night of his life. Do you think couples. he likes cigars more than he likes the women? No. no. <laughs> it's just, it was funny. Because that was what I wanted to hear. That's the fourth thing I want to hear from your guys' aspect. Like, your uh, point of it, view. With, with Dom and the cigar, it was... <laughs> I never had tried to explain to somebody how to smoke a cigar. But he was like, how do you do it? And I was like, uh, okay, let me try to think of the words, you know. So, you know, blow in or just suck in. He was blowing out. Yeah. I mean, so it was just, we were smoke and flames coming everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically tapped out and like Adrian or somebody else. Yeah. Well, the, like, the owner of the shop, she came out oh, yeah, with a, came the out. torch and like lit it up for him. <laughs> she she burned it till it was yeah. going. <laughs> he had a book of matches and Dom kept blowing them out. So yeah. <laughs> this lady's like, these yeah, idiots. I, I'd hold it up to the end of the cigar and be like, all right, now suck in. And he'd blow out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the match would go out. And I'd be like, all right, let's try it again. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the women got to him down there. Like yeah. he, he became less uh, Dominic like with, with his respect and his everything, and more like, let's see more slutty women. <laughs> Put your mama. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he, he went out on his own a couple times during the night just to go down to the bar because he just wanted to check women out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he never does that. And it's loud in the bar and he hates that, but he went down. <laughs> He threw his headphones in probably and was yeah. like just, yeah. Yeah, I guess the first night he did it, the bartender gave him free drinks. And he's like, do you no. think that means she likes me? And I'm like, probably, Dominic. Um, you probably hurt. should have uh, pursued that. But yeah, I mean, it was like, I, I think I said. Man, it, to be a fly on the wall. There, there were a lot of heads on a swivel 
I think. Not me, of course. Definitely. Because uh, I, I was. No, because your peripheral is like a goddamn adult. <laughs> me and uh, Andy and Scott, we'd, I was like, we'd have our sunglasses on. I'd be like, can you see my eyes? <laughs> like, no, I can't see your eyes. I'd be like, sweet. Oh, we went snorkeling too. And, uh, and, That's a clusterfuck. And, and nobody really had a great ex- I mean, I've gone snorkeling before, but uh, the s- we went to two locations. The second location was just jellyfish everywhere. Oh, cool. And so I was like, so I'm going out and I'm trying to maneuver around the jellyfish. I'm like, this isn't even fun anymore, you know, because I'm too worried about the jellyfish. And so I go back in and I sit down and whatever. Then the one of the, not the captain, but the whatever. First mate. First mate scoops one in a bucket and puts in his hand. He's like, see, they don't really hurt. These are these kind of jellyfish. They don't really, it's more like an itch. And I was like, well, if I fucking known that before yeah. you, I, you, I came back in, you know, if you'd said, don't worry about the jellyfish, it's not going to hurt you. I would have gone back out. Oh, like, so you, you want the itch? Like you, but is it, that a great trade off? Uh, it, it, it's like nothing. He says like 20 minutes, you might feel an itch and that's it. He told us that at the front of the boat when he was teaching us how to oh, snorkel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's sitting like you, I guess. Well, yeah, we, yeah. I knew how to snorkel, so I didn't go for the snorkeling training. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Mr. But, Boy Scout should have relayed it to you when he heard the, heard it in the meeting. He was, yeah, I don't know where you were. You weren't around when I came back in. No. I, think I, I, I was up there I, I think trying Carol not to puke have, with my wife. Yeah, Carol was having a reversal of fortune. And then yeah. Adrian had a reversal of fortune. It was a whole thing. And well, then, f- yeah, four of us got sick and two or three puked, so. Yeah. Well, Wait, you were kind of green too, weren't you? Is that, no, it was okay. It was like, a little choppy at the second location. Because down in the salt water when yeah. I've done it before, I, Yeah, I got the salt water. Yeah. 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 Well, I just remember we get in the water the first time, and you know, you are having to fight waves, and you know, you're getting used to doing something you you do every day, you breathe, but you know, you have to retrain yourself to breathe. And so I'm I'm in the water, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes, I think, and I look down on my watch because I'm thinking, God, when's this, when can I get in the back? When can I respectably get back in yeah. the boat, right? Uh, uh, I don't want to be the first one back, but I, <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. And I go down to look at my watch, and I didn't have my watch on. But I had jumped into the water with my watch. And so I was like, and it was an Apple watch, and I was like, well, fuck. I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to retrace my steps in the ocean because I... I, the wind's blowing me and the waves are blowing me all over the place. So I was like, well, fuck it. I don't, I don't have a watch. And I felt bad because the whole idea of being in these, these reefs is like, you know, you don't touch anything. You're wearing special, you know, uh, sun so, lotion. And so, you know, you don't want to disturb these. And here I, <laughs> I drop a freaking <laughs> electronic watch down right in the middle of them. <laughs> A battery that's just yeah, corrosive. It's going to erode. And Ariel's out there like, oh, look, I got a clinkle bopper. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> We'd probably only been in the water like five minutes. I, Joe and I swam close to each other, and I was trying to, I was getting salt out of my mouth and stuff. And Joe's like, how long does this last? <laughs> like, yeah, my sentiment too. I'm surprised you're not used to that taste in your mouth. <laughs> Let's just say I I, I thought we should have done the swamp boats, but hey, you know I got that overruled. Awesome. The swamp boats are awesome. Yeah, I've done that in Louisiana. They're, they're, they're the flat, the fan boats. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legit. Those are cool. So you snorkeled, Mark? Several times. Yeah, I did in Belize. And you did you? I didn't you, enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, because that, that salt water shit, and then the sun's beating on you, and yeah. then the waves are like, and then you're worried about your kids that are over here. You know if. I, I would like to be on a boat, but I don't know that I need to snorkel ever again in my life. I hope honest. I remember the fact yeah. that I've snorkeled twice now. Glad I did it, but I don't want to do it again. Because I hope that doesn't wear off. Kind of like running an ultra. Like, I'm never going to run it again. Yeah. Then, like, a few weeks later, you sign up for something. I hope, like, 
I don't know. Years that, ago, um, I actually somebody did the, uh, me. the scuba. So that was cool, too. But but that was years ago. And I don't know that I want to do that again. Because my it took forever uh, for my ears to balance and all that. But the snorkeling, it's that salt water. Yeah, it's just, yeah. And with the beard, it doesn't always seal right. Yeah. It's like, mm. why the fuck am I doing this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I felt obligated to be out as long as possible, but once the jellyfish were hitting, I was like, I don't, I've done this before. I don't need to. And I've done it before where it was a much more pleasurable experience when mm-hmm. we went to uh, St. Croix. What uh, was the draw for the different locations? Like, what were you seeing you that see was different? Di- you sh- should see different things. Like, the first place was a lot of coral, and, you know, there were, like, uh, barracuda and stuff like that. And I think the second location, you're like, there's a turtle you can look out for, and you might see some, some sharks, sharks yeah. and, and this and that. And uh, A turtle? Like, is it famous for that yes. area? Yeah, yes, it like kind of hangs out there. They're like, it's missing a, a fin or something. Oh, cool. You know? Look oh, at yeah. what humans have done to this yeah. majestic <laughs> animal. We named it Tripod. <laughs> just, just wait Wakely eats my watch. It's got, yeah. Yeah. It's got a six-pack uh, ring around its neck. Yeah. I, I, no, I should check the paper down there just to see whether they found a sea turtle that's choked on a apple. No, <laughs> they're going to see it, and it's going to have it on his good flipper. His good flipper. <laughs> Checking his time. Yeah. Like, oh, I got a good cardio workout. Logging his steps. Joe, what if you like went to your iPhone and you saw that your cardio workouts were out of control? Out of control. <laughs> You're like, my God, Joe has swam 50 miles today. Well, we were on the beach the next day, and like Karen's sitting on, and the waves are, you know, lapping up. And I was like, "If my watch comes up here, will you grab it for me?" <laughs> grab it and throw it in a bag of sand. They see my watch. I said, "There are people. It's a cottage industry. They probably go out there after you're done and go down with equipment and get all the shit that people are have lost. Yeah. And then they, they might. Yeah, they yeah no, that's a YouTube reel that I get a lot of times on the socials. Is guys that go into like the rivers and stuff and die for the Lost items. Well, yeah. More power on that Series 3 cracked, <laughs> right. cracked mirror phone. <laughs> yeah, to- but in a place like that, they can take it in there and they'll disassemble it and then put together probably two or three things and then sell those. Good for them. You're keeping the economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I like the black market. Yeah. And See, I tell you what, it's been very liberating not wearing that watch. Really? Yeah. Yes, because like I don't worry about like whether I'm closing my ring or do I have to know the stand this hour, take my stand hour closed. I just like, oh, it's nice. Hmm. Well, don't buy a Garmin. They're a major downer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> are you sick? Why are you running so slow? <laughs> yeah. That I workout that. did you no good. Yeah. <laughs> Strava does the same thing. I see that. It's like your effort isn't as good as it's been the last few weeks. What the yeah. hell do you know? Whereas Apple would be like, congratulations yeah. on standing this hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, watch. You're still breathing, Joe. Good yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a fun trip, though. I, and I, I think we're all pretty compatible as far as traveling goes. Yeah. Because that, that was our, Karen and I's first like adult trip without kids in years. So the, of those couples that never traveled together, that was one of those. We have. We've traveled individually not, and we've traveled like we've done like car. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've gone to like, like Cat. we've gone to places together. And mm-hmm. the, as couples, we've gone like to races together and Got stayed okay. at cabins and yeah. stuff, but nothing like flying. Well, yeah. well you, we went to Iceland with you and your oh, yeah. family. Yeah. We went to Iceland. Oh, besides that one. Iceland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just Iceland. That was fun. <laughs> kind of travel. He left it. early. <laughs> but then... So the last day, they stayed for Adrian's speech, and then they left. But So there were seven, seven or eight speakers, and uh, the last speaker who they missed 
was that's the one I wanted to see. Freaking crazy. Yeah, one. we wanted to see. So him. he talked about the patriarchy a lot and how the patriarchy was controlling us and how they were controlling what we eat and what we do through everything. And he's getting really angry and agitated as he goes on. And he's walking back and forth, and he's ranting and raving. And Did at he one have point, a jacket or Did they have the audio on? fixed by then? And at one point, I'm like, at the end of this, he's going to pull out a gun and shoot us all. Like, like really, like thinking about, do I, is it rude if I just get up and walk the fuck out so at least I survive? Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Sit back down. And, and Adrian will tell you the same thing. She was like. I was getting worried towards the end. Like, he was getting really worked up. And his kids were named Atlas and Artemis. So I was like, oh, that's a that's a red flag to me right there. Well, in the brochure, like, it had a little bio for all the speakers. And all the other speakers were like, you know, you know, Adrian's, you know, specializes in this. And she's got this kind of experience. It was all relatable. His was, the first line was, I was born in the mouth of an alligator that was on fire in, inside of a whale. <laughs> And then his, he, the rest of his bio was, it wasn't like just fucking crazy. And it was like, then the whale started to die, and I fought my way out, and it was I was like, angry. Yeah, and I was like, and, and I want to watch this guy. I, I would say I need to know who this is. And his message, Adrian will tell you. And his message was, I want to build an army of incorruptible youth. Like this sounds a lot like the maybe you're a Nazi. Yeah. And he was wearing a shirt that said, "Bring back modesty." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and he was anything but. Wow. <laughs> well, this one of the speakers, she was like the third one. Um, she had been like married and Sunday school teacher and has seven kids and, you know, ev doing everything right, right? You know, like the whole like whatever life, you know, perfect Christian lifestyle. Then she's like, F that, man. I want to have some fun in life. So she said she became like a burlesque dancer and stuff. And I don't I know if like, she's Tell still, me more. Yeah. But we're like, man, yeah, the, yeah the, those two are not going to get along at all. You know, like the bring back modesty guy and the burlesque dancer woman. Yeah, her her her, her motive or message was basically, do what you want, as long as you don't hurt other people yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she is seemed, like a very libertarian. So I went up to Adrian really afterwards cool, yeah. and I said, Adrian, she said it's all about choices. You know what? I think I want to go date some Latinas now. And she was like, You're not doing that. I'm like, but that lady said I have choices. Yeah. You're supposed to get mad, Andrew. <laughs> that was her thing. Get mad. I forget what it's Make a for. decision. Make a decision. Well, I didn't get somewhere mad. In the middle oh, was the, okay. Somewhere in the middle was the couple before People's Proof then. Yeah. <laughs> they there, would have been a speaker right in the middle of those folks. Yeah. Well, there was a couple. So uh, I guess a famous, somewhat famous or whatever. Like she's in a wheelchair. and He wears loud jackets. He wears loud jackets. <laughs> And they, they I guess, are, might be on Dancing with the Stars, or and she she name dropped some gurus that Adrian was like, oh, you went to Blah Blah's retreat, and anyways, <laughs> I found their speech like I told Adrian, I said to me they were sort of fake, like they were so happy and so like into each other and positivity, but. She kept interrupting him every time he went to say his stuff. And I was like, uh, there's there's another layer to hear that we're not getting. Like, like there's no way he's happy that any time he went to speak, she was like, and then we did this. And he was like, I was going to say that. <laughs> so I, I was. So she gets to speak because he gets to walk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, this kind of ties into this next thing. So like 
at the start of the, you know, when the lady that led the whole thing was making announcements, and in between the speakers, she'd be like, I want you guys to stay stu- stay tuned because about halfway, we've got a special surprise for all of you. And I was like, oh, awesome, right? I wonder what this special pr- surprise is going to be. Well, we, had to, we had to leave before the special surprise. So then we're at the airport and we asked them, because they're still there, what was the special pr- surprise? And they said, that lady in the wheelchair got up and walked. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's blame. <laughs> I mean, it was, I was like, I wanted like a special surprise. Did she but... really? No. I was saying it was scary. How about you say she, she did? Like... No, they danced. Yeah, they danced. Did but they she... dance when she was in the chair? Yes. Yeah. She Velcro. They like his Velcro. How did they get the chair up there? There was no ramp. Uh, they had a carrier up. Oh my. I asked these questions in the text thread. Yeah. <laughs> the special surprise was one lady gave away a hundred dollars. She crumpled it up and she made a big deal about how it was still worth $100, even though it had been crumpled up and used. And she did her whole speech in Spanish, so I don't even know what her speech was. Something about child slavery and not getting along with her mom. Because I actually wanted to hear her, too. Yeah. Yeah. So She She did her whole thing in Spanish? She started in English, like the first two sentences, and then she went rapid Spanish. And I was like, well, fuck. Yeah, you know, so I, I had to, but you had to sit because they were recording. You had to sit there and nod your head and pretend like you were. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, <laughs> great! Ooh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what she said. Did um, Dom catch any of it? He did, but not all of it. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> we were sitting there before. I'm reading the bios, and like a lot of them had some really heavy religious stuff in there, mm-hmm. and I'm like talking to him like. Man, there's a lot of fucking religious nuts here. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife's like, she's elbowing me. She's like, you're not being as quiet as you think you are. <laughs> it was odd because uh, I think the, uh, it was oversold a little because there were supposed to be a lot of people in the audience and it was mostly, we brought our entourage. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like it was mostly family of the person yeah. who put it on. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. lot of them left. By the end, there were not a lot of people. One of the speakers left before the end. <laughs> um, so hopefully I, Adrian got, and oh, and the lights wouldn't stop. They kept flickering all different colors while the Spanish lady was giving her speech. And that, was, when, that was on purpose. Then when the angry guy came on, he was like, that better not happen when I'm speaking, you know, like sort of attitude. And I guess he was the son-in-law of the lady who put it. On. Oh, really? Well, that's why. Well, and asshole. so they were videoing it, and there's um, so there's a stage, and then behind it, there's this you know wall, and then but a huge window, and so like we could see them okay. I mean, they're a little bit in shadow, but I'm thinking that camera that they were trying to shoot with probably they just are a big black blob up there. <laughs> No spotlights on them. Not trying to overcome this backlight at all. Hmm. It was at the Renaissance Coral Gables, which yeah. I was expecting like a high-rise hotel, conference center, like full-service, you know, operation. Yeah, it was like a fifty-five and up assisted living home. Let's just say it gave me a lot of sympathy for Rudy Giuliani and the whole Four Seasons fiasco. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like, a good example. Yeah, yeah, it was like. I was expecting something different as well. But it was right next to another hotel that looked decent. But I always thought Coral Gables was like where old people went to retire. It was a nice community, blah, blah, blah. Is that where Robert Kraft got caught? Uh, Yeah, I think it was. (laughs) I think you're right. There was like a convenience store and a gun shop right across the street or something. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely not. the same door? (laughs) (laughs) Not what I was expecting. Yeah, the whole place was 
not what I was expecting. So we just got so bougie while we were on South Beach. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it was it was a Twinsburg eight, but uh, you know, it was Miami like two. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so this this condo was like. Obviously, the, so is that Streetsboro? A Twinsburg Gate would be like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The condo was like, uh, they obviously had not put much work into it. Like, uh, the toilet's coming off, let's shove a piece of wood behind it, or oh, we'll just put a hook right here. Oh, there's no stud there, eh, it's good enough, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But you're right on the beach, right? So you're paying for that, and you're paying yeah. for the fact that you know you can't get in without a fob. and. Uh, you got a parking space and you're, you know, can walk right out and go to bars and restaurants. And that, that was my thing. I was like, I'm not driving. And besides yeah. snorkeling, I'm not driving anywhere while I'm here. Like, I, I love that. Walk. Yeah. I love being yeah. able to walk everywhere. Scott yeah. already made friends by the time we left. Like, yeah. He went Oscar. to the car. He, he went to the, this breakfast place. And the day I went, when Scott had already left, they were like, oh, I remember you. You ordered blah, blah, blah. And your friend picked it up for you. And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, and he was like, "Well, you ordered it wrong," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh," he's like, "Yeah, you had to order it this way," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, My uh, mother-in-law and sister-in-law live down in Sarasota and St. Pete Beach, respectively. So we've gotten down there so many times over the years. Never been to Miami. I just, I guess, I don't really have. It's not. It, it's not something I really need to go see. I guess after hearing your stories, you got to see we it. We loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Key West, maybe, but I, I don't know. It, it's a different atmosphere. Down, it's just like everybody's in shape, pretty much. You know, um, like up here, you know, because everybody walks everywhere down there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I yeah, we were waiting it. for our plane at the airport to come back, and uh, like, man, the people watching isn't nearly as good here. And it was like, because no, they were people um, ogling instead of watching, probably. Because they're all so good looking and attractive and in shape and probably dressed, you know. Either. They were dressed unbelievably. Yeah. yeah. So you're not really people watching like, oh look at that Walmart troll. Yeah, it's not like Myrtle Beach <laughs> people yeah. watching. Playing fat or pregnant. But as I will. They walk by. I will say on the other side. The last night we were there, Adrian and I went out for a drink, uh, and we were walking. I was like, let's not let's get off the main strip because it's just so loud, and you know, let's find a place to get a drink. We go to the Pink Taco. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Carol was trying to get you to go there the whole week. Right. <laughs> oh, just for a drink, though. Yeah. So we sit down at the bar, and Adrian's like, I got to use the bathroom. And she comes right back. She's like, yeah, there's a lady giving a guy, uh, using her mouth on a guy, and there's a lookout. So we're not staying here. And so I'm like, okay, makes sense, makes sense. So and she's like the door's wide open too. Like Wait, why? Can see it. Why did you guys leave? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what's that have to do with the service or the quality of drink you're gonna get? Right, maybe the quality of the drink. I did that, find the pink light there pretty distracting. Like we walked past. So we go to another uh, Mexican place. Blue waffle. <laughs> um, it was another taco related place. We sit down again. And and Dominic texts me. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to come back down." I'm like, "Oh, we're at this place." And Adrian again tries to use the bathroom, comes back. She's like, two for two." <laughs> so I was like, uh, "We'll just go to Finnegan's, which is uh, Mavis Winkles, Miami, which is where we ended up." We saw a, a drag show uh, 
Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, Paradise yeah. was that place. I mean, we didn't go in. We were just like, oh, it was come like, on. it was so loud and it was so packed too. It was, yeah, that no was Saturday shit. That's, that's, out, that's the fun came part. Outside, though. I mean, yeah, they were outside. Like on the, the strip. So you can be across the road and see everything that's going on. But there was like six foot five, you know, performer and she was she was having a lot of fun she's pulling people in from the crowd to dance with her and stuff yeah. and like these girls are super attractive are getting up there and twerking with her and stuff and then this little guy got up there and he twerked which was funny and uh shout out to my short kings yeah it was good it was a fun time and then yeah. they were doing it the next morning at like 10 o'clock listen yeah. i feel like that's something that i would love to get you guys to go to like when they had the one outside at lock three to where you could be on the lawn and be able to watch it. I feel like that's the kind of environment that I could get you guys to go to one. I think if there is an outdoor one next summer, we're going to do a podcast uh, right after, trip. Right after we do it with the Vindies. Yeah. Listen, she's on – she got into People Magazine. Her picture got – when she performed at this, like, women's <laughs> award thing. So there's a you know local band. Are they from Youngstown? Mm-hmm. Called the Vindies. <laughs> and before, when he was at his old job, he was trying to get him on to come on the podcast. So there's a picture of them in Facebook advertising. They were playing at Rock Hall or something, and she's really cute. And she's got bare feet, and she's got her feet up in the air. And so I'm like, oh, the Vindies are playing. And then I start looking at the comments, <laughs> and it's just like foot fetish guy after foot fetish guy commenting. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, are we still getting the Vindies? <laughs> Because I have a question for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd go to a drag show. Okay. I mean, because it was... I would, too. There was, there was actually a guy that I was in a couple shows with, Feather on the Roof and Hands on a Hard Body, that he's evolved into being in the, a drag queen of some note locally, so... Does, does I, he I, have a good name? Is it, yeah. I, What's I don't name? know what it is. My wife does. She kind of follows him. I mean, I feel like Shimmy would be Orange Whip. No. Yeah, you already have your drag name. No, but see, there's like criteria <laughs> you're supposed to go off of to be able to get your name. Really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, would you have to shave to for the drag? I don't think some so, do. Right? So there's a there's an entertainer. Uh, they go by Patagonia, uh, Patagonia, and they do a lot of like outdoor theme stuff. Uh, and uh, they'll leave their mustache. And do full drag, but have a mustache. It's awesome. Okay. So it's like so stark because it's a very, it's a ginger. It's full, like full ginger, actual ginger. And it's like this very thick, full mustache and then full drag. And it's like, what? (laughs) So, yeah. Well, you have to let us know what that criteria is because maybe the next. I've been in a podcast. We can. I did a show. It was fun. I did. You were I, in the show? I was in a show once, yeah. What'd you wear? Uh, so I got pulled out of the crowd and got a 15-minute makeover, so they dressed me with whatever I was able to wear. The best part was is I was, <clears throat> I lived in Kent, so we get done with the show. I don't, didn't take any makeup off, <laughs> Yeah. and we went to Taco Bell, and it was that old Taco Bell with the, the telephone, so bars are letting out, and there's a bunch of kids in there, and we went to go inside, and a bunch of people started like yelling obscene shit to me and my friends, so we just left and went to another restaurant. So That's what I do Like after a show. I never take off my eyeliner, because I love it way it makes my eyes look. I've gone home from... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've done right? that before, too. Yeah, so. I look like Dee Snyder with the black wig on, so they just imagine Dee Snyder makeup without the wig. But and I always felt like I couldn't get it off. I was like, oh, I couldn't get all this makeup I, off. I, I tried. I tried. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> they shouldn't make fun of you, then. 
Well, I also had like shredded jeans and a pink polo. Mm. Oh, like a Daisy Duke and thing a f- going? No, like <laughs> just like cut. Oh, okay. And pumps? Were you in heels? What was the, the shoe? Well, my outfit. Oh, so I was in uh, a black knee high heel, leather heel. Um, I was in a. So I was in a skirt of some kind that they were able to get me in. <laughs> That covered enough to where you could tell I wasn't. You couldn't tell I was tucked or like see. Um, Did they tuck you? They tucked you. I put. I put a second pair of underwear on. Like I okay. put a. They That's had all it like takes for you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it wasn't much. Yeah. It doesn't take room no, to change like myself. No, because yeah. I was already half folded in anyway. Because I was in those pants <laughs> and my dick would have easily it's fallen just, out one of those. It's usually holes. tucked in anyway. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. He likes to like stay warm. Um, and then I had like a fishnet top on shrinkage. with black. I we put like black electrical tape over my nipples, uh-huh. and then I wore like a like a doctor's outfit. So half the song, I was acting kind of like I was like the nurse, and then I went to and danced. Uh, wow. Kind of like a Van Halen video, like a yeah. kind of yeah, hot yeah, hot for nurse, hot for yeah. school nurse. Yeah. <laughs> Paul yeah. had that face. But I was ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> probably not to everybody. Yeah, probably not. I used to go to the internet with my son's mom. I used to go to the internet all the time with her, and we'd go see drag shows. And just like, you just, you, they make drinks so crazy strong for super cheap. So you don't take, it doesn't take a lot for you to get drunk. And then you dance so much, and it is so hot. You just sweat, sweat all that alcohol out, and you walk out, and you're like, "Shit, I'm sober." And then you go and either get another drink or go get food, and then you're fine. So, well, they were throwing money all over the place. Yeah, I made like I was gonna buy the Taco Bell for me and my three or four friends with the money I made at the. Wow, well, you, you must made really well. <laughs> you well, must at that been. time, you know, 65, 65 cent taco or fifty nine cent taco. Oh, you know what I mean? so get a whole five pack, something like that. Sweet. It's more than what I'm carrying right now. <laughs> well, I folks, gotta say that is the healthiest looking dead cat walking I've ever seen in my ugh. life. Oh, so this cat was supposed to die five years ago, by the way. Yeah, you've had him for what seven years? Yeah, we got it out of drainage. So like, oh, it, it, it's got feline aids. It's probably doesn't have long. So Adrian's like, I'm adopting it, and it lived in our bedroom for five, six years, and then finally, I was like, I, I never get any sleep because that cat's always get in my face so it moved down here about two months ago and every time i go to the vet which i just did i look at my i look at dr jeff and i go this is die yet you promised it was gonna die i I, I have told him a couple times i'm like when when we brought this cat to you the first time you said it wasn't gonna live long and then he's like well you know it's it's in a house it's not exposed to the elements so it's not really getting sick and i'm like do you have to keep the dog and the cat separate is that why there's no it that cat has to be kept separate from the other cat because of the feline aids otherwise they could just run around i wouldn't care but that's why it was in our bedroom for so long because they couldn't couldn't be together and now it's starved a little for attention because dominic moved down to the basement and then after a week he decided he moved down the basement we're like he's like i'll I'll take care of the cat move the cat down and then after a week he was like i don't want to live in the basement i'm going back to my room (laughs) so yeah Anyways, we should probably wrap it up. We're over an hour. You should dress this thing up like Magic Johnson for Halloween. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming. 
My pleasure. Scott, Thanks for it's good to see you in person. Good to be back. <laughs> Scott never comes. Do you um, call in? Is that how that works? No. No, okay. no I just, I've had work meetings the last several times and okay. haven't been able to be here. Dinner. Yeah, dinner. Joe, anything? Nope, got nothing. Right. Hey, hold on. What happened? Uh, what's the final? Still going? Uh, they should just not oh. be coming in. There's a there's a backyard ultra going on where they have to run how many miles every hour? It's four point one seven miles. They're over four hundred miles right now. There's two guys. There's, there's over. They have to be over five hundred miles. Harvey oh. just came in at fifty minutes ahead of the other guy. And the other what guys, loop are they on? The other guy's going to drop. Wait, you said five hundred miles. So four, it's a four point one seven mile loop, and you have to do it you, every hour. You start again. So no matter how, if you do it fast and you've got mm-hmm. time to sit and relax and eat and do whatever, but you have to be back and in the starting corral, they blow a whistle mm-hmm. every th- at three minutes, at two minutes, and then one minute. So it's three whistles, two whistles, and then one whistle. And by that one whistle, you have to be up to the starting corral. So when, they, when that next hour starts, you go and you have to finish the loop. So let's say these two guys are running and then the one guy from Canada drops, Harvey still has to go out and do another loop and finish that loop to be declared the winner. Because wow. if they both, if he doesn't finish that loop, then he hasn't done more than the last guy. So they both run individually <laughs> 445 miles. No, it's got to be like more than that. Consecutive? No. That's... It's 107 miles. 107 laps, they've done 4.1. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. So they've run 4.1 miles... Every hour for the last 107 straight hours. Oh my God. <laughs> so they don't sleep? They, they they sleep for like, if they get in early enough, they'll like sleep for like a minute or two. And I, I, I was watching the live feed all day. I was just infatuated with it. I would see this guy just close his eyes in like 30 seconds. And then he'd like, he would wake up like after that 30 seconds, like how long was I out? I was like, you've been out for like 30 seconds, dude. I'm watching you. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't get enough. So, of it. like, this is where. So, I have no. Do people start watching it and talk about it in the first. It, like, it doesn't. Until day three, it doesn't really matter. Or day two, where they yeah. really start thinning out to where I even, even start to pay attention to this. But then when it gets to this kind of stuff, like, this is. This is not only just grit, but just, like I said, with it. In their text thread, we're talking. The one guy is from Cincinnati, and he is very well known for doing these kinds of races. So the, how he is running the loops where he would run out way fast ahead, and then you would see on the camera to where he would let the other guy catch up to him and then go ahead of him. And I feel like it's the mental of what's his pace, what's his time, is he slowing? And he's doing the math of not only what he's doing per loop, but also what the other guy's doing to see how well he, how much he's slowing to how he has to push himself as long as he stays within that threshold of being able to come in, feel like he can rest and fuel enough to go back out for another loop. Hmm. It's insane. I agree with you. There. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to do around my neighborhood. I'm going to do my own. <laughs> Well, so like that's kind of like the when you just park at a parking lot and just run out of your trunk, like you can kind of do that. Yeah, and I have problems running four miles a day, consecutive <laughs> days, let alone an hour. I don't know, it's crazy. My claim to fame with running in April, Lisa and I went out to uh, Utah, and one of the things we did is we popped down to Monument Valley, which is actually down in in Arizona, and there's that scene in Forrest Gump where he's running and all the people are following behind oh, yeah. him. 
And, and it's this great scene where you can see the, the mountains, the monuments behind him. And he stops like in the middle of the road. And that's when yeah. he says he's done, you know. Yeah. And you can plug it into your GPS and it'll take you right to that spot, you know. So I went out in the roadway dodging the cars and Lisa took a photo. Oh, and, <laughs> and there were like people lined I was gonna say, up. That's going to happen know? every day, right? Was, yeah. And they have signs everywhere. Cross traffic will not stop. You know, people have been killed standing in the road. Oh, but, wow. but that was my, my running. I, I was there at the, the Forrest Gump spot. That counts. I, I hope. For sure. I hope. Yeah, and Utah's great anyways, just for hiking. I mean. And we did a lot of that, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what we do for exercise and enjoyment. I, I admire you guys for being able to do the running, but it's just not something I want to do. Yeah. Generational trauma. Yeah. Mine's, mine's been stunted with the dog because nobody will walk the dog but me. So I can't get out the door without the dog wanting to go. And then after two miles, she's like, I'm done. And then I get back here and I'm like, well, now I'm, I'm done too. <laughs> so, excuse. Anyways, uh, we're going to see shortly if there is karaoke. I don't think there is, but uh, John Webb is going up to look. So, um, <laughs> I just saw him text me. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Yeah. And we'll, awesome. Hopefully, we'll do it again good next week. Guys. Good yeah. see you. Yeah, too. good to see everybody. Stay, stay tuned shortly and we'll see what, if we're doing anything next. <laughs> okay. See you, bye. Bye.